0: Well, Mark and Pam, it's a joy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for inviting. It's really nice to be here. Yeah,
1: thanks for inviting us.
2: We're looking forward to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for those who maybe don't know you guys yet, you both are our care pastors here at River Valley, and you also oversee the care pastors at the campuses. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you guys describe a little bit about how we define the term care here at River Valley?
1: Yes, care is such a vital part of our church, and um, we have so many different ways that we do that. Um, we think about the importance of having um, prayer uh, request opportunities for people to let us know of their prayer requests. We have opportunities for people to uh, be in small groups together, and we've created a small group um, leader guide For care, and that way all of those leaders can kind of help do the care. We also um, kind of help develop a freedom ministry, which we feel is very important because um, as we were having people come and have requests for care uh we we thought you know there's so many similar requests we need to have some sort of a freedom type of ministry that we just have people go through where their um a lot of their care needs even can be met in that way hmm. um possibly things like uh i don't understand who i am in christ maybe dealing with forgiveness things like that and um so like even having a meal ministry, so there's all these different ways that we felt like that were important for us to develop and um, put together so that it could be uh, available for our whole entire church. Mm-hmm. I'm even thinking of like our marriage ministry. That was something that we started... Initially, um, right when we started here at River Valley, we felt that it was important to um, have a way to help couples in their marriage. And so we invited uh, someone to come and do some training for us, uh, which developed into this marriage mentoring ministry that we have, where we have over 110 couples that are trained marriage mentors that help facilitate, again, care uh, to uh, the people at River Valley.
2: That's so good. Yeah, I think about it in this way as well. What's the pressing need? It could be financial. It could be a physical need. It could be a relational need. It could be a physical need. And so all those things represent care. I remember when I first started thinking about care that at some um, different places, care meant going to the hospital and our care certainly includes that, or visiting the sick, and it does include that, but it's much broader. And I think if we think about what are the different things that people are facing mm-hmm. and the challenges that are coming into their life, uh, how can we come alongside them and help them and give them a godly perspective about what they're going through?
0: Yeah, that's that's so... I mean, really, it's vital in just being a believer. Yes. But I, I mentioned to you guys, you know, before we started recording, it's a... It's a luxury here that we get to have people that devote their entire time towards mm-hmm. fulfilling that spectrum of care. But for most pastors and believers, they're maybe the only ones in their families or in a lot, for a lot of pastors that are listening, they're the only ones in their churches who are have been have taken that mantle on mm-hmm. officially. Yeah. Now, unofficially, obviously there should be everyone in the church mm-hmm. should do that. Mm-hmm. Could you guys talk about the journey of from when you started River Valley? to the development of, again, you talk about over 110 couples that are doing mentoring. I mean, it's grown to a lot since you guys started, Mm -hmm. but what were some of those moments in there that you saw that, okay, we can't continue to just be the care pastors for this church? That's
2: right. (laughs) Well, just prior to coming here, we were in a church of about two to 250, and when care needs were um, presented, we were the individuals that did that. And when we came to River Valley, they asked us if we would be the care pastors here. And we looked at this and thought, at that time, the church was a little over 2,000. Now it's much larger than that. We thought, there's no way that we can do this. We will burn out. And we really started praying and trying to think about, okay, how can we do this? And one of the verses that came to mind is Jethro was visiting his son-in-law, Moses, who was judging the people, and he was just one person and then there's this big, long line of people waiting for them, uh, for Moses to be able to present their case before him. And Jethro looked at that and said, that's not good. You're wearing yourself out and you're wearing everyone else out. And when we first came, I would say the first year, that uh, there were times we were worn out mm-hmm. because at that time, we did a lot of it because we didn't have any systems or structures in place. Uh, but we really started praying and asking who else in the church can we train, equip, encourage, and support mm-hmm. to help in the area of care? Mm-hmm. And that's what it says in Ephesians. It says, He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. So we feel that that's a really big component. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the first things we did is uh, have a pastor on call. Mm. Would so you describe what that is, Pam. Yes. You can do that. Yeah,
1: we felt that um, it would—it was just way too hard for us to manage all of the different requests that came through, and so we thought, you know, it would be great if we were t- uh, um, to have a rotating list—a pastor on call—that um, would just rotate throughout the week, and. Um, we set up a schedule, and we did a little bit of a training. We had a, uh, a guide for all the different requests and different resources and things <laughs> like that, and um, that worked really, really well. And it helped, um, it helped us for sure just have some little bit of a break on a weekend or whatever. And but then it also gave all the other pastoral staff uh, that opportunity to have more of those interactions with different. Um, people that had needs, whether they were um, maybe had just lost a loved one or maybe there was somebody that was sick in the hospital or something like
0: that. So just make sure I'm understanding and those Mm -hmm. listening understand it right. It's somebody who's saying, I'm responsible during this time period Mm -hmm. for maybe urgent or unplanned requests that somebody comes in and needs rather than saying, you know, interrupt your meeting. Mm -hmm. If someone's going to interrupt their meeting, it's me this time. And I'm prepared for that. Is that correct? That's
1: correct. And we also had an emergency line and that pastor on call would be the one to receive any emergency calls as well, like on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Exactly.
0: So can you help under like unpack what are some of the things that we equip people to do? Because I think um, there are certain things that people with the credentials who've accepted the call of God, who are, you know, have gone through the classes and and things, you know, it's like a professional counselor. There's mm-hmm. pastors, there's different people. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things we distinguish and differentiate that this is what only a pastor can do mm-hmm. versus this is what a lay member, a believer, you know, obviously mm-hmm. they need to be a Christian and, yes. you know, have been baptized and things mm-hmm. like that. But what are, what are some of the things that we equip and empower people to do?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one of them would be marriage mentoring. And we have a marriage mentor training. It's approximately six hours long. And in that training, uh, a couple... That has an interest in becoming a marriage mentor learns about what that is and what that looks like and why we would do that and what that process is to walk a couple who would either want to enrich and strengthen their marriage or maybe they're going through some hard times, um, and we there through this it's called Dare to Be Different. It's a marriage mentoring. Um, process, program, if you will. And it has great tools in there where the mentor couple is like a coach. And so they have these tools that they know how to uh, share with uh, a mentee. And um, they're very, uh, we instruct them very carefully that they're not counselors. And um, the mentee couple, when they get mentored, there's a document that they they sign that says um, that the couple that they're meeting with is not a professional counselor, they're not a money manager, they're sure. with some of those other things too. So it's really kind of clear that they are basically like a coach. Mm-hmm. And so we love the whole process for helping couples, and they don't have to be pastors, right? But they... Um, love doing that. Matter of fact, we've had so many marriage mentor couples come back to us and say, "Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to help another couple." Mm-hmm. We just it it has helped our own marriage. We just love being able to do ministry together this way and um and so that to me is such an endorsement oh, of yeah. it. <clears throat> and um they not only do Couples that are already married, but then they're also helping with the premarital process, which, when you think about a pastor that is maybe, you know, has several couples that he's working with uh, on his schedule. Something like this could be super helpful in oh, his yeah. in his calendar. No,
0: I speak on, on from experience. I did officiated two weddings this summer, and actually the the both couples were mentored by the same uh, couple, okay. Dave and Jane. Yeah. And um, I saw them at the weddings, and I was yeah. like, "Hey, we should we're a good team." You know, they did the <laughs> yeah. mentoring, I officiated the wedding. But as a pastor, yeah. I'm like, this is so amazing. And also as a young pastor for me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been married for five years, which is amazing, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm not the best marriage mentor right now, but I'm I'm meaningful in their life and they want me to officiate it. And so rather than saying, I'm gonna do your mentoring. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna plan your wedding. I'm yeah. gonna do all these things. Yeah. So that's I'm saying thank you to you guys <laughs> yeah. for the benefit of equipping those
2: people. Yeah, yeah, I think it takes a lot of pressure off and mm-hmm. gives more uh, time and space for pastors to, to do other things. And again, it's equipping people within the ministry. Totally. I know one of the things you asked about earlier. Okay, what do they do, and what do pastors maybe do? Mm-hmm. And in the area of marriage mentoring, when a couple is being mentored, and the issues in their marriage are more challenging then they raise that issue up. Mm -hmm. And we have different people who are, uh, campus marriage leads. They come to us, we support them, we encourage Mm -hmm. them, we have resources as well. And then occasionally we get the more difficult cases Mm -hmm. and then we, uh, we pray like crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, I mean, it's just like Jethro was talking about in the story yeah. with Moses. It's like the cases that need to be brought up, they're brought up. And right. yes. um, can you talk about crisis moments? So mm-hmm. um, you talked about hospital visits. Sometimes hospital visits visits can be planned a little bit more where it's we were expecting this to happen. They've been dealing with something for a while, and we've, we're continually caring for this family. Mm-hmm. But other times, like, I mean, recently it was my brother-in-law, yeah. but people are... In in a moment where you need that support, yeah. how have we managed through both pastoral support? Obviously, there's pastor on call, yes. but also people in the church. To there's meals, there's families that need to be taken mm-hmm. care of. There's phone calls and texts that happen. And I just know, even for me, I just experienced it. I was I got a lot of texts. I had people go to the hospital with my wife, and I'm like. Wow, this is awesome! I, you know, I'm on staff, but I just was just the recipient of it. So again, yes. thank you again. <laughs> but talk about how how you've developed that mm-hmm. to work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think depending on um, what the need is, you know, we do have our pastors that totally would want to be at the hospital it, as they are made known of a of an emergency or something like that. But then beyond that. Um, I would say at most of our campus, we have a meal ministry coordinator. So if we're able to just communicate with them of the need, then there is a group of people like on a... a WhatsApp message or something mm-hmm. like that, that they're able to just uh, coordinate that. And that's just a lay member. Just, that's just a yeah, lay member. Yeah. Absolutely. And those people love to do that. Yeah. And there's even... I, I remember there was one time too where one of the meal um, coordinators um, actually invited people over to their home and they made up all these freezer meals. Mm. And then we had them at the church. So when there was a, an emergency type of need, we were able to immediately be able to give meals to the family so but and it how cool of a small group that was yeah. they had a great time together they were meeting a need that that um, would be in the future and um, I, I, I love that
2: That's so good. Mm-hmm. When I think about that I think that <clears throat> if a person's really well connected within the church and they've got community and something happens care takes place. Mm-hmm. People jump in and they because they know the person. There's a relationship in there. And so when we think about care and some of the things that come up in the people's lives, we're actually trying to meet that need but then also help that person get within the community to be surrounded, sure. be in small groups, to be in a core yes. group, or be in different things where they're in relationship with people. Because a lot of care can happen without the pastors doing it, just because Mm -hmm. of proximity and awareness of what's going on, and that there's uh, just a culture of saying, if something happens and we're able to, we want to help. And then for the things that are uh, more serious crises, um, I think that there are times when we as pastors can get involved in Mm -hmm. significant um, friends or family that are involved with that. And there's been a number of cases where We've been part of uh, care for a family member that has been in a very serious car accident. And not only we, but there were literally hundreds of people mm-hmm. that knew about it and rallied around. So I think it uh, a lot of care kind of depends on how well are you connected. And for those who aren't well connected, how can we get them into yeah. community? And yeah. how can we meet the pressing need first mm-hmm. and then move them towards the middle of the community,
0: yeah, that's why I loved how you mentioned freedom, Pam, because mm-hmm. it's we don't want to just be reactive in care; mm-hmm. we want to be proactive in care. And oh. I, I hear that in everything you guys mm-hmm. were talking about, and I think that for people listening, it's oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ready when I'm needed. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is, we we need to continually set up places for community, and I mean, even I've had times as a pastor and being with our campus pastor finding out about things. Um, that happened in our in our you know church, and them saying their meals are already taken care of. We've yes. already visited yes. them. We want to let you know here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. We you know we'd love they would love it if you could jump on a phone call with them. But it's it's not like I finally got a hold of you. What do we do? Yeah. It's like while we're waiting, yeah. we we got into action. Mm-hmm what are some things that, what what are maybe some challenges that you've seen over these last few years? I mean, COVID is one of them, obviously. I mean, but, but even from a, a way that you guys are leading to equipping people, um, there, there's been a, places where we're not allowed to go. And I mean, prisons are harder to get into and mm-hmm. hospitals are, are you know, limited people, only a couple can go in at, at times. And obviously every location is different, but mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that you saw maybe during COVID and even as we come out of this that we've overcome some of those challenges to, to care for people in even when it feels like sometimes organizations or governments don't want us to care for people? It's like, I would go in there if you'd let me, but how have you managed that?
2: Well, one of the things I think about is that uh, there are things we couldn't do. And I ask the question, what can we do? Mm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that with communication, there's a lot of things that we can do. You mentioned earlier a text can really say a lot. I know different individuals Mm -hmm. who are going through things I haven't been able to get there. They wouldn't allow uh, visitors in, but sending a text, uh, making a call, uh, taking time to listen to them, and interacting with their family as well, I think is really important as well because then they're able to relay some of that stuff. And then when things do open up, being able to get in there. So that's one of the things.
1: Yeah I know it has been so difficult in these last couple of years because there has been so many people that have felt isolated and alone and as they're trying to merge back into life, if you will. Yeah. Um, we're just seeing just even greater need. I think probably one of the most um, re- requests that I receive on a daily on a weekly basis for sure is people desiring a Christian counselor. And so that is something that we created is a Christian council referral list that um, lists a counselor and their specialties and also has other resources listed. Mm -hmm. And we... um, have found that that is a really important thing to have just because sometimes there are just some really hard things that people are going through where a professional person that's trained in that um, is able to step in and help them. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that a lot of people have have reached out for. Um, Of course, if, if we're able to to meet that need as a pastor we absolutely want to but sometimes there's just that need for a specialization yeah for someone
0: yeah and I know I mean from personal experience i I go and see a counselor every once in a while and even booking time with him is hard because he's so busy yes. and I'm like I'm glad I'm doing good but yes. sometimes I'm like man I really would love to talk to you about something um yeah, yeah. I, I think that's been so helpful I've sent that out to so many people when they ask about hey what what can I yes. do if you're interested in a professional Christian Counseling would yes. be a great opportunity. <laughs> great. Um, what You talked about what can we do. How do we know when we're doing too
2: much? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I know what, um, some of the things that I think about in that we want to be kingdom focused and not problem focused. Yeah. Sometimes the problems are there, but it's because there's a kingdom that is... <laughs> the focus of their relationship to God and stuff isn't that great, so we want to help people with that. Uh, we want to help people in a way that they become dependent on God and not on us. There's mm-hmm. a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we want to get to a place where they are able to hear from God and not just from us. Right. If Because I know there's been times we've been in a session with a person and talking, and when God speaks to them in that moment, it's like a aha moment, and it has... Uh, the ability to change their perspective, to change the way they're viewing things, Mm -hmm. and it can give them direction. It can give them peace. It can give them uh, even um, ways to deal with the things that they're going through. Mm -hmm. So I think about that is that we do not want to be the answer to everything. We can't be their source. Yeah, we can't be Be their their source. source. Mm -hmm. In fact, I heard of this one analogy, and I thought it was really good. In uh, the Eastern world's, or in America, or in Western worlds, we build zoos, and we put animals in the zoo, and we go around and look mm-hmm. at them. In the Eastern cultures, they build sources of water, mm. and the animals come to where the water is. They come where the source of life is. Mm. And so if we can think about that in relationship with people, can we bring them to the source of life? Mm-hmm. Mm. And as we do that, we're not the source. We're just helping them get them to that spot, and I can remember when I was a lot younger. I got way too involved in certain things, and I got dragged down myself into a pit Mm -hmm. of of whatever was going on. And I think we can reach down into the pit and still hold onto the cross, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then just pull them up. But they have to be willing to reach up. Mm -hmm. In other words, if they're not willing to reach up, I'm not going to chase after them mm-hmm. or try to do things. I mean, they have to be willing and they have to be leaning in and engaged yes. with the process. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, I I think I'm working too hard. Mm-hmm. In fact, in, in marriage mentoring, what do we say? If we work harder than do they, they do, a, yes. we're working, working too, too hard. hard. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That's yeah. so good.
0: I, yeah, I think that even generationally, different, different groups of people manage that differently. I think for myself and maybe people younger than me, obviously generalizing here, but maybe we at times struggle to put our hand out. Mm-hmm. We're like, uh, is there a quick fix or is there a mm. hack or is there a way we can do this via technology because that's what we're used to, the efficiency. Mm-hmm. And then maybe there's other people who, who are doing it too much to where they're burning themselves out and yes. going above and beyond. And um, <clears throat> I, I find that, that the rhythms of it require you to be ready for the crisis but they also require you to not always be in crisis mode yeah. as care pastors for your own mental sanity mm-hmm. and mental health are there are there things that you've done to to not carry the weight Mm -hmm. of all the care that's being done. Because even, I mean, you look at the news and you see, oh, there was a a bombing there Mm -hmm. or a shooting there or somebody, you know, a a kid died there. It's like, oh my goodness. But that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the whole world. Like it's happening all the time. But even in our church being it's so large, Mm -hmm. there's people that are having broken marriages and people who are in the hospital and all of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of pastors I'm sure can empathize Mm -hmm. with what you're about to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But how have you managed mentally Mm -hmm. to know that you're caring for people but not necessarily carry the burden Mm -hmm. of every one of these needs? Yeah, that is such
1: a great question. And it's something I know that we have worked on over the course of of pastoring um, is not letting that weight weigh weigh us down. I know one of the things that we really do try to practice Is having a Sabbath Mm -hmm. day ourselves. And um, as much as we can, we we have that day where we just disconnect Mm -hmm. and we refresh and rejuvenate ourselves. We spend time in in God's word because we need to get filled up. If Mm -hmm. we're giving out a lot and and we haven't had that opportunity to fill up, we have nothing left to give. So that's so important. And then also, we do have strategic getaways that we just, again, it's that recharging. That really really helps us. So soul care is so important for a pastor. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is that's a whole another topic probably one could talk about for in a podcast mm-hmm. is how do we care for ourselves so yeah. that we don't burn out? Cuz I think that it could be a a definitely a tendency in care ministry is burnout if you're not careful. So I think too it's um, when I meet with people, a lot of times I just have a time of prayer afterwards for myself. It's like, Lord, yeah. I just pray you just wash all that just away. <laughs> I just give it to you, and you're going to be one that, the one that carries it. Because he said, you know, my burden, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Mm-hmm. And he wants to carry that for us. So that's how I have think about it and walk it out.
2: Well, I think it's a matter of trust as well. Am I willing to trust God? with what's going on in other people's lives? Mm. Or do I feel like I have to rescue? And I really do like that verse. It says, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Mm -hmm. And so I feel if if the yoke isn't easy and the burden isn't light, I'm probably doing too much. Mm -hmm. Now, I do know that there are short seasons where it's a really big crisis and you need to step in. And it will be a little bit heavier at that moment, but it shouldn't be a sustained, it shouldn't be like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Because I think that at that point, you will end up in burnout and significant challenge, and it will impact your own spiritual life, your physical life, your relationship. And so you have to protect those things Mm -hmm. and be healthy yourself. Mm -hmm. And then it's out of your health that you're able to help other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I think about that verse too, I think sometimes people think that's a great excuse to not work very hard and i don't think that's what it <laughs> that's what it's not, saying at yeah, all but right. i i think when you see in that it's it's not 17 hour days every single day you know in, because that's what jesus wants me to do it's jesus at the pace in which he walked was mm-hmm. different in which the pace everyone else walked yeah. but it's because of the prayer it's because he was prepared it's mm-hmm. because he was he trusted god he i mean he was god himself he knew what him and the Father mm-hmm. and the Spirit were capable of. Mm-hmm. And so I think in even in this situation, developing teams and people yes. around you so that as a pastor, you can go on vacation mm-hmm. and you can say there's a likelihood. I remember it's a joke that we use. It's not a, necessarily the most fun joke, but when we were on vacation, um, when I was a kid, we we were at Disney and and I asked my parents, me and my brother, we said, "If dad, if somebody dies, uh, are we going to have to go home from Disney? And my grandma says, no, we're going to put them in the freezer. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But obviously it's a very... A joke, if you knew my grandma, you'd laugh harder, but um, <laughs> yeah, right. but I do think there is some truth there mm-hmm. to say, are there people back home, whether you have a church that has a ton of staff or no staff, right. are there people that are trained up in how to care yes. for if somebody does pass away mm-hmm. or if somebody does happen? Because even, I mean, we trust them mm-hmm. enough for the plane ride home, mm-hmm. right? So that's, you know, well, I'm going to fly home right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, how, so how long do you trust mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. And so I would just encourage everything that you've taught and shared, it's it's so that we can minister to people better. And Mark, yes. I loved how you pointed that out. I've I've seen this as a pastor myself. Am I am I doing this because I want to be known mm-hmm. as the one who was in the hospital with them mm-hmm. or as the one which which is a weird tension as a pastor, but I think that's how how evil the devil is, is because he's going to use good things, but twist your motives and make them wrong. And so it's like, oh, well, remember when I visited you in the hospital, or remember when I officiated your wedding, or remember when I did that. And so I just think that's such a beautiful way to avoid that trap to say, I don't care if I was the one who was ministered ministered to you i care that you are ministered to and uh would love as we kind of wrap up here you guys have given so much good stuff and i hope that i'm sure there's some care pastors listening but there's also a lot of pastors that say hey i'm I'm not a care pastor myself Mm -hmm. but i do a lot of care what would be a last word of uh just advice or encouragement or anything
2: that's maybe on on your mind that you you want to end with well, there's a couple of things. There's a verse that says, "Bear one another's burdens." Mm. And burdens, uh, if you look at that, are very, very heavy things. I mean, it's heavy enough that a person can't do it on their own. And I think sometimes there's people that come to me and, and to Pam that their burden is real heavy. And but I'm not the best person because I don't know enough about that. And mm. one example is, I know of a family that lost a child. I've never lost a child, so I can't really quite relate. But I knew another family that did, and they had worked through it. Mm-hmm. And so I called that other family and I said, would you be willing to meet with this newer family that's dealing with this issue? And they were, mm-hmm. because of what God did in their life. And there's a verse that says in the Bible that we're able to comfort others in the same way mm-hmm. that God has comforted us. Yeah. So I recognize I'm not always the right person for the particular situation, but I know people who are. So I like to connect people mm-hmm. that can do a better job in that particular area than what I can. But then I'm I'm part of the process to encourage and support mm-hmm. and be uh, available if there's other things that they need from me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing. And um, if I try to do things I'm not capable of, I'm shortchanging what God wants to do in that person's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good.
1: Yeah, for me, I would probably just say just it's so important for us to be equippers. And so we need to just ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit— Lord, who is it that you want me right. to connect with that you want to bring alongside me so that so that I might train this person on how to be a marriage mentor or how to do more care? Um, I know God, he has everybody, I believe this, he has everybody in your church to meet every need that there is. Hmm. It's just being able to identify, have those connections, and help people to to come up, if you will, to to recognize their gifts, their calling, and that this is a body of Christ. There is giftings in all of us that we just need to cultivate, maybe do some training, some encouragement. It's all there. And I, I just want to encourage a pastor out there. If there's a pastor right now that's just feeling very overwhelmed by a lot of the care needs... That would be my prayer, that that he's going to bring some people alongside you, that you're going to be able to identify and say, this is somebody I want to equip to come alongside and help me.
0: That's so good. Well, Mark and Pam, thank you so much. I've I've learned a ton. I know those listening have learned a lot. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. And uh, I know you've created a lot of resources throughout the years in all these different areas. Um, I'd encourage anyone listening. You can email just network at River Valley and we can get, yep. whether it be freedom resources or marriage mentoring, or there's all sorts yep. of resources <laughs> that you've developed. And mm-hmm. if you just say, give me everything you got, we'll yeah. send as much <laughs> as we have. But yeah. thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Great. Thank, thank you, you so much.